True to his word, DeMeo gave Richard, on consignment, all the pornography he wanted. Richard bought himself a van, went to Brooklyn, and picked up boxes of porn produced by Roy, 100 films per box. By now, Richard had many contacts in the porn business across the country. He was distributing porn, both his and Amio's, to wholesalers everywhere, and business boomed. For the first time, Richard was making good money on a steady basis. Richard was scrupulously careful about giving Roy all he was due, on time as promised. Roy began to take a shine to Richard. He admired his temerity, the fact that he had taken the beating like a man, as he told his crew. The fact that Richard had a gun in his pocket and didn't use it. The fact that he came to the Gemini by himself. That, he knew, took balls. DeMio's crew, however, didn't like Richard. They thought he was aloof and unfriendly. He was. And he was a non-Italian. He was Polish. They made fun of Richard behind his back, told one another silly Polish jokes at Richard's expense. Richard sensed the hostility, the cold stares, the sneers, but Richard didn't care. He figured they were just jealous of his relationship with Roy. And he was right. As months passed, Roy and Richard's friendship grew. By now Roy had learned that Richard had killed well and discreetly for the de Cavalcanti family. And one day, when Richard went to the Gemini to drop off some money, Roy sat him down in the rear apartment. "'I hear,' Roy said, "'that you are cold like ice and do special work. That true?' "'Sure. No problem. I have a lot of special work.' You interested? Definitely. Definitely? Sure. You'll do it with no questions asked? I'm not a curious man. Roy stared at Richard. Being stared at by Roy with his penetrating black eyes was like having two drills bore into you. Roy had to see for himself if, in fact, Richard could do a piece of work coldly and methodically. Okay he said. Let's take a ride. You game? Sure, Richard said. And Roy, his cousin Joe Guglielmo, and Richard piled into Roy's car. Joe was driving. Richard sat in the back. Let's go to the city, Roy ordered. He always ordered people to do things. Never asked. In silence, they drove to Manhattan. It was a nice, cloudless day. The sky was blue. The sun shone. Someone was going to die. As they were going through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, Roy turned around and handed Richard a short-barreled thirty-eight with a suppressor on it. "'Use this,' he said. "'Okay,' Richard said, and casually slipped the gun into his waistband. They continued uptown and wound up on the west side of Greenwich Village, on a quiet, tree-lined street." Richard's old hunting ground. They passed a lone man walking a dog. Pull over, Roy ordered. See that guy with the dog? He asked Richard. Yeah. Cap him. Here? Now? Here. Now. Richard calmly stepped out of the car and walked toward the man with the dog, 
who was to the rear of the car, maybe twenty steps. After Richard passed him, he stopped and turned around and tailed the hapless man. He wanted to do the job right in front of Roy and Joe. Just as the dog-walker passed the Lincoln, Richard caught up with him, made sure he was unobserved, quickly pulled out the gun and fired, shooting the man in the back of the head. He never even knew he died, or why. He went down like a laundry bag, Richard confided. Richard calmly walked back to the car and got in. You're fucking cold like ice. Well done, Roy said, smiling. You're one of us. And they went back to Brooklyn. Richard had just proven to Roy beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was a stone-cold killer, and that murder that day cemented their bloody relationship. When they arrived back at the Gemini Lounge and went into the rear apartment, Joey Testa, Anthony Center, Chris Goldberg, and Henry Borelli were all there.